Investment advisory services offered through Sound Income Strategies, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisory firm. Johnson Wealth and Income Management and Sound Income Strategies, LLC are not associated entities. Johnson Wealth and Income Management is a franchise of Retirement Income Source, LLC. Retirement Income Source, LLC and Sound Income Strategies, LLC are associated entities. a retirement plan allows millions of people to lose 30 to 50 percent of their life savings just as they near retirement. It's a society based on freedom and choice and personal responsibility. There are no guarantees. It's important that people deal with someone to make sure to provide lifetime income. Lifetime income. And now to our story. Welcome to the Capitalized Life and Retirement Program with Matthew Johnson and brought to you by Johnson Wealth and Income Management. Are you living the life you want? Are you prepared for retirement as you believe you should be? What are your goals for retirement and how are you going to reach them? In the next 30 minutes of today's program, let's explore the principles necessary to live the capitalized life and the retirement of your dreams. Now, here's this week's Capitalized Life and Retirement Program with your host, Matthew Johnson. And welcome to this episode of the Capitalized Life and Retirement Show. I'm your host, Matthew Johnson, president and owner of Johnson Wealth and Income Management, a retirement income source. Located in Clear Lake and Humboldt, Iowa, serving clients in northern Iowa and southern Minnesota. Well, how are you today? I hope you're doing well. I hope you're enjoying your weekend. I know that I'm stoked to have you here. I'm stoked to be here and to be able to challenge you, to educate you, to open your mind to different ways of thinking about your money so that you can have the retirement that you deserve, a retirement that has and is producing more income than what you need. That's what allows you the freedom, the flexibility, the fun, all the different things that every retiree dreams of having. Now, today's program is not going to be a pleasant one. It's going to be one that I think is important, though, because we're going to be discussing the fact that your money is your responsibility. And I don't know how else to put it. It's your money. I know what some of you are doing right now. You're pointing the finger at the radio and you're saying, yeah, but we just got done with tax season. And if it was my money, why, 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 why are they taking so much of it? Yes, I know. Go back to the website, johnsonwim.com and listen to the program on saving taxes. Okay. Do yourself that favor. But the reality is that I think we have a bit of a problem here. And my job is to help educate you about the things that you need to be watching for. Remember, when you hire a fiduciary as your advisor, that fiduciary is supposed to be seeing much, much further than you. He's the guy that is supposed to be seeing the potential pitfalls or at least trying to observe and be aware of them so that he can help you or she can help you avoid them. That's what we do as fiduciaries. And that's the reason that this program is so important to keep you up to date. I'd like you to reach out to me at 866-290-3837. If you have questions, we will answer them. 866-290-3837. So what are we discussing? Well, today we're going to be discussing a $6 trillion problem. A $6 trillion problem that, if it is not handled properly, could push inflation even higher 
than what we saw in 2022. What in the world could we be talking about? Well, you kind of know the phrase, you will reap what you sow, right? Well, I've got to take you back in time to 2007, 8, and 9. 2007, 8, and 9 was a very tumultuous time for Americans. There was many Americans that couldn't retire because their retirements were completely decimated because the stock market crashed. We had the S&P down by over 60%. It was a terrible time for Americans, for those that were trying to retire. It was a great time if we were on the accumulation stage, okay? But it was scary for all Americans. And here's the thing. Today, we have Jerome Powell, who is basically the Fed chairman for the Federal Reserve. But back in 2007, 8, 9, we had a gentleman by the name of Ben Bernanke. And why did we have the big crisis that we did? Well, we had the crisis because it was the financial crisis. It was a global financial crisis. And so as a result, here's what happened. To shore up all the banks, the Federal Reserve said, we're going to print a bunch of money. We're basically going to print money. It's going to come out of thin air. You can thank us later. But what we're going to do is we're going to give all this money to you. But here was the clever part. Ben Bernanke had a bit of an ace up his sleeve. What he did was he said, we're going to give you the big banks this money, but we're going to ask you not to actually take the money. We're going to give it to you. We're going to tell you that it's yours. You can have access to it if you need it, but we're going to ask you to park it here at the Federal Reserve. And the reason he did that is he wanted to be able to limit the inflationary effects that that money would have. In other words, if you give banks a whole bunch of money and then those banks do what banks normally do with money, they lend it out. He knew that that would create inflation, much like what we saw in 2022. So it was quite clever. But the problem is, is that the bill is coming due for the feds quarantining this money, this six trillion dollars because if they don't quarantine it it's going to have an impact on the inflation that we have worked so hard since february of 22 to bring down the multi-trillion dollar corner that the feds have painted themselves into catch this is costing you and i as americans 270 billion dollars a year that's more in interest than what we have spent on veteran benefits and services in the last fiscal year. And you see, the Fed's paying interest on these reserves basically keeps the money sterilized because it keeps the money at the Fed's. It's not being lent out by the banks. And because it's not being lent out by the banks, then it wasn't multiplying as it normally would through fractional reserve banking but the inflationary pressure that congress's deficit spending has put on the bernanke model of sterilizing this money it's on steroids now so in the spring of 2021 the feds began ratcheting up its reversal repurchase program agreement is what they called it they call it reverse repos and these are short-term loans to the fed with treasury securities serving as collateral and it provides this quick but not really lasting adjustment to liquidity levels in the financial markets well these reverse repos are a way to rapidly take cash out of circulation it takes it out of circulation it keeps it at the feds 
And conversely, if the Fed simply sold the securities in the open market operations, the money from those sales would just cease to exist, which puts upward pressure on interest rates, including those for new treasuries. Okay. So what we want to be careful of is that the reverse repo operations that are combined with this interest on the reserves, it has turned into a multi-trillion dollar attempt to solve problems of creating money for the government to spend while minimizing inflationary impact. Now, to help you kind of quantify this, because that is a lot of information and some of it doesn't even make sense. And I agree, it doesn't make sense. I kind of understand it from a peripheral perspective, but try this on for size. Currently, our Federal Reserve here in America is paying over $750 million in interest a day to banks, to hedge funds, to large financial institutions that have parked of the $6 trillion, $5.7 trillion in the Federal Reserve's vaults. A year ago, however, that daily interest rate was only 18 million. Okay. So a year ago, they're paying $18 million a day in interest, our government. Today, because of interest rates, they are paying $750 million a day in interest. You see, this could get really messy really quickly. What are they going to do about it? I don't know what they're going to do about it. I have no idea. You see, this is the stuff that we hear about that scares us. And we want to be informed. But this is also the reason why I want you to understand that this is your money. The money you have in your bank, the money you have in your retirement accounts, the money that you have stashed in that jar underneath the mattress. This is your money. The money you have in the brokerage account, it's your money. The money you have in your annuities, it's your money. The money you have in your life insurance, it's your money. And what do you do? Well, today, much of the world is suggesting, well, take it out and buy gold. Take it out and buy silver. Take it out and buy palladium. Take it out and buy blah, blah, blah. There are so many crises, so many potential things that could go wrong in our country. But guess what? It's always been that way, ladies and gentlemen. What you can control is your money and the decisions you make about your money. If you want to buy gold, that's fine. But remember that when you're buying gold and you're buying silver, it is a very impractical asset to own. It might make you feel good, but it is a very impractical. I just listened to and I encourage you, look it up, Dave Ramsey, who is highly respected. In the world of finance and especially in debt reversal for the average American, he made a wonderful comment. Gold sucks as an investment. Well, what if the central bank? The central bank's not coming back, you conspiracy bozos. If the central bank collapses in America, you need bullets. You don't need gold. Because all hell's going to break loose. I was going to say bottled water. <laughs> bottled water and bullets. But the reality is, I don't mind if my clients have some gold. I don't mind if they have some silver. But are you going to 
really find the practicality that you desire owning a commodity, which owning that commodity, yes, it is a precious commodity. So is farm ground. So is having income producing rentals. So is having oil in your backyard if you got it, which I don't know anybody in Iowa that does. But we want to be thinking about these are things that we can't control. What can we control? What could we be doing to reduce our exposure to the risk of inflation? We need to remember that the stock market being a good inflation hedge is only cliche. That's the reason why we have seen in 2022 inflation skyrocket and the stock market go the wrong direction for so many retirees, so many investors. So what is the result if we have this inflation turn around on us, bite us in the hand? What if we see the Federal Reserve not being able to quarantine this $6 trillion that they have quote unquote, given to banks, but they've parked it at the reserve. And now the reserve is having to pay all of this interest on it. Well, I can think of a couple of things. First and foremost, we're going to see taxes going up. That's almost a given. Number two, we can anticipate that the Federal Reserve may have to start releasing some of this money. And that's going to be going back into the system to loan. Now, that's not going to be what they want. They don't want loans. They're trying to jack up interest rates to make loaning less palatable to make it more painful but the question is what can you do and i encourage all of you as listeners if you have questions please go to our website www.johnson j-o-h-n-s-o-n w-i-m stands for wealth income management dot com where you will be able to email us whatever questions that you have sit tight because i've got some ideas to share with you that maybe you've never heard them, maybe you have, but maybe today it just clicks and you understand that you do have control. We'll be right back. This is the Capitalized Life and Retirement Program with Matthew Johnson. Do you understand the difference between investing for growth and investing for income? That's okay. Most folks don't. Investing for growth is your typical Wall Street portfolio full of various stocks and mutual funds. The problem is, in order to physically obtain any real money that you can use for your day-to-day expenses, you have to sell them, which means you don't own them anymore. So now, you either have far less to generate that growth, or worse yet, you don't have anything left to create more growth for next month's expenses. On the other side of the coin, when you invest for income, your hard-earned retirement dollars are invested in products that may provide cash, put directly into your bank account, month after month, to help provide for your retirement. For your free, no-obligation, growth-versus-income information kit, call 866-290-3837. To learn how to transform your high-risk, big-fee Wall Street growth portfolio into an income-generating retirement plan, call 866-290-3837. That's 866-290-3837. Or visit Johnson W I M dot com. That's Johnson W I M dot com. Have you missed any of today's program? No problem. You can hear all of our shows online anytime, 24 7 at Johnson W I M dot com. That's Johnson W I M dot com. Welcome back to the Capitalized Life and Retirement Program with Matthew Johnson. And welcome back to the Capitalized Life and Retirement Show. I'm your host, Matthew Johnson, 
president and owner of Johnson Wealth and Income Management, a retirement income source located in Clear Lake and Humboldt, Iowa, serving clients in northern Iowa and southern Minnesota. And if you're just joining us, welcome to the program. Today, we're discussing how your retirement savings, it's your money, so therefore it's your responsibility. We've been discussing the potential implication of what took place back in 2008 when we had a global financial crisis and the government decided to start going through quantitative easing. They started printing a bunch of money and that was to prop up the big banking institutions, the big financial institutions in this country. And thank God that they did because otherwise we could have had a total collapse, a complete and total reset. And that would not have been good. But they did what they did, and they used a little bit of clever tactic by basically saying, we're going to print all of this money, we're going to give it to you, the banks, but here's what we're going to ask you to do as the bank. We're going to ask you to keep this $6 trillion here at the Federal Reserve. We're going to ask you to keep it in our vaults, and I tell you what, we'll go ahead and we'll pay you interest. Well, you see, that wasn't such a problem up through 2021. Because we were only paying around $18 million a day. Now, how would you like to get paid that kind of interest? That would be a bonanza, wouldn't it? That'd be awesome. But what have the Federal Reserve been doing with interest rates? They've been driving interest rates up. And do you think that the Federal Reserve, the federal government, is completely immune to their loans, to the money that they have to pay interest rates on? Absolutely not. That's the reason so many of you have decided to divest a portion of your money into I-bonds. Why? Because they were paying good rates of interest, right? Well, guess what? Now that $18 million a day has turned into $750 million a day. And the Federal Reserve is scrambling, trying to figure out how they're going to keep this money, quote-unquote, quarantined at the Feds. And my belief is this, that... That's going to end up costing us in the long run through taxation. We're going to see taxes go up because of this. Or number two implication is they're going to have to start releasing some of this money little by little. And that's going to go to the banks and the banks are going to do with that money what banks always do. They lend it out. And that's exactly opposite of what the feds want them to do. That's the whole reason that the feds have been raising interest rates to make it more painful to borrow money. They're trying to slow the economy down. So you see, at the same time that they're trying to slow spending, this problem is snowballing. It's getting worse and worse. And if they start to develop leaks in the bubble, then all of a sudden we're going to see money flow back into society. We're going to see inflation tick back up. And that's going to be, here we go again. It's going to be a merry-go-round, except we're going to be a little bit sicker this time. So what are you supposed to do with your money? I cannot emphasize enough that your money needs to be purposefully invested. Your money needs to be looking at its purpose, its primary purpose. You're not investing your money simply so you can have a bigger number on the upper right-hand corner of your statement. Ladies and gentlemen, that's great. That's wonderful when that happens. But why do we want it to happen? In other words, why have you worked so hard to save the money? It's for income. So what do we need to do? We need to make certain not to buy the lie that when inflation goes up, the stock market goes up too, because stocks are a great inflation hedge. They can be, but we've just seen in 2022 and even the beginning of 2023 
where that's not always true. We still have inflation. We still have a lot of inflation. But 2022 was marked with all sorts of indications that we can't just take these statements, these cliches as gospel. So what do we need to do? We need to make certain that our money is making money. And you see, to so many of us, we're talking total return, but so many of us have forgotten the lessons of previous generations to understand that there's two ways to make money on your money. The first way is through appreciation. You buy a piece of real estate and it goes up in value. You buy gold and it goes up in value. Is that money, is that appreciation that you can spend? And the answer is yes. But what do you have to do? What do you have to do to be able to spend that money? I'm waiting. I'm listening. What's the word? What's the two words? If you came to the words, sell it, you would be correct. You see, you have to sell an asset that's appreciated to be able to realize the appreciation. And once you've sold it, do you still get to keep that item that appreciated? And the answer is no. If I have a piece of property and it's appreciated and I sell it, I'm going to pocket the appreciation. I'm going to pay the gains on the appreciation and I'm going to have whatever's left over and then I can spend that if I want to. So if you're thinking, you know, that really does make sense. Or if you have questions about today's discussion, I'm going to encourage you to reach out to me. Call our office at 866-290-3837. My staff will put together some educational materials that I know will be of value to you and we'll email them to you or we'll mail them if you prefer. If you have questions, we will do our best to answer them for you. Take the first step. Reach out at 866-290-3837. Again, that's 866-290-3837. Here's the thing. Wall Street has done a wonderful job of conditioning you to believe that you're going to own these assets are going to appreciate, and then they're going to keep appreciating. And the reality is we know better. We know that it will over the long run, but that's the problem with averages. You see, when we look at the stock market, we turn the clock back to 2020, and we look at the stock market from the turn of the century in 2000 until today, we can say, look at that. The stock market has averaged six, six and a half percent. We are good. We are great, right? We should easily be able to have that 4% withdrawal rule and still have 2% to spare. Wrong. 100% wrong. Because you see, when the market is appreciating, it's generally double digit. And when the market is depreciating, it can be double digit as well. And when we think about averages, averages don't take into account our withdrawals. It doesn't take into account our distributions. And when the market is down, your stocks are down, your mutual funds are down, your index funds are down, and you're selling those because you don't have the ability of being able to pay your bills and you need something else to supplement Social Security or Social Security and your pension, that's a very, very dangerous way to be able to live retirement. So what's another way that you can make money on your money? This is where we come to the world of investing for income. You see, so much of the market, so much of the financial services industry has become lazy that they focus on products, putting your money in an index fund, putting your money in as mutual fund. Why? Because it's simple. They can check mark a box. 
They can say you're invested and move on to the next customer. Long gone are the days in which you walk into an advisor's office and that advisor rolls up his sleeve and he says, we're going to do research and we're going to look for good quality, individual, free cash flowing companies that pay you, Mr. and Mrs. Client, good quality dividends. And we're not talking one and a half percent dividends. We're talking three and a half and four and four and a half and five or more. Why? Because if your principal can be left alone and your principal can be left alone to appreciate, but all through that time of leaving your principal intact, your principal is producing for you 5%, 6% in real income, in interest and dividends. Tell me, does that not sound like a better plan? Tell me that that doesn't sound like a safer plan. Tell me that that doesn't give a person the opportunity of sleeping at night, knowing that they're taking personal control for their money. Don't buy the lie that simplicity is the best way to invest your money because you're not simplifying your life. You might be in some indirect way saying, oh, look at that. I have three positions. I'm all fully invested. No, you're simplifying the life for your advisor. You're simplifying the life for the institution, the custodian you're with. What you need is you need to get what you pay for. You need a fiduciary, someone who really knows how to create income the right way. Are we going to see a backlash from this $6 trillion problem that Ben Bernanke, the chairman of the Federal Reserve in 2007, 8, and 9 created for us? I don't know. How many crises can you count? I can tell you, you don't have enough fingers and toes to count them all. Neither do I. Probably you and I together. But can we control any of those crises? The answer is no. Can we control where we put our money? Can we control how we invest our money? Can we take thought and put behind that thought purpose and then look at the universe of tools that exist that are in front of us and say, now, because this is my outcome I want, this is the purpose that my money must have, what tools can I put in my toolbox that will fulfill the purpose so that I may fulfill the objective that I want for my money so that I can come to retirement and I can have my principal, I can have my income so that I can, if I wish to buy a new home so that I can have the income if I want to spend it so that I can live off from the income and leave a legacy to my spouse, leave a legacy to my children, to my grandchildren. You see, if any lesson has ever been learned by previous generations, ladies and gentlemen, it was from our parents. It was from our grandparents. Those individuals that went through the Great Depression, those individuals that saw 93% of the stock market completely disappear in front of their eyeballs. And they realized one majorly important lesson at that point in life. They learned that there was nothing more important than their principles, safeguarding it, keeping it safe. These individuals that condition and coach their clients. I'll give you an example. I just had a conversation with an 87-year-old lady whose financial advisor told her that there was nothing safer that she could do with her money besides bond funds. That's a blatant lie. That was a lie from the word go. 
That was him trying to convince her and get her to believe that he was the nice guy. He was protecting her. When in reality, the age of 87, what is she doing with her money in the stock market? Taking on risk, even in bond funds that weren't producing for her nearly enough income. And putting her money at risk that as the feds raise interest rates, she's seeing depreciative numbers every single month with nothing to show for it. Don't buy the lie. This is your money and it's your responsibility. If what you've heard today makes sense and it's resonating with you, you know you have a problem, you know you need to fix that problem, but you're not really sure how to go about it. I encourage you, reach out to me. I'll take some time to speak with you over the phone about your set of circumstances and what seems to be going on and help you see if we can find some ways to fix those red flags so that you can get what you deserve, a retirement of confidence with income that lasts the rest of your life. Reach out to me at 866-290-3837. If you have questions, I will do my very best to spend a few moments to answer those questions for you. So take the first step. Reach out to us at 866-290-3837. That's 866-290-3837. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Matthew Johnson. And remember, it's up to you to make today a great day. That's all the time we have for today. To schedule 15 minutes with Matthew off the air, call 866-290-3837. That's 866-290-3837. And for more information, visit us online at johnsonwim.com. That's johnsonwim.com. We will be back again next week at this same time for another Capitalized Life and Retirement Program with Matthew Johnson.